The Markets. On to Merrill Peck, the head of research at Old Mutual Equities at the Old Mutual Investment Group. After last week's massive sell-off, um, because we were worried about COVID-19 spreading around the world, we were worried about the U.S. election. COVID-19 still spreading around the world. The U.S. election is one day away, Merrill Peck. And today, markets forget about all of that. And we just see this surge across Europe, surging through the United States, and this very welcome surge on the JSE as well, nearly 2% stronger on the day. Good evening, Bruce, and good evening to you, listeners. Yes, I must say it is somewhat confounding because none of the facts have changed. Um, in fact, today, two more European countries have you know, gone into lockdown. So um, I'm not quite sure if this is just a bit of a bounce um, or if uh, investors out there are seeing something that I don't see. Yeah, it, it is quite perplexing. But look, there are a couple of really good news stories on the JSE today. I think chief amongst them, Aspen Pharmacare signing a deal. They had a number of options. They spoke to a number of players. They chose Johnson mm-hmm. & Johnson as a partner for when J&J comes up with a vaccine because they've got a, a particular vaccine which is likely to be easy enough to make and transport and store and all of that sort of stuff. Good day for Aspen, up about 11.5% on the back of this news. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the key with Aspen, they, as you discussed with, with Stephen Fodder a few minutes ago, they did take a position on owning manufacturing and investing in capacity, which gives them probably quite a bit of operating leverage. If you can load that asset base with um, capacity, and currently that is, you know, it's not fully loaded, um, that really will be good for margins um, and there's, there's, there's quite a bit of leverage on just um, a bit of uptick in capacity utilization. So definitely a, um, a fair in their cap today. Um, you know, and I think they've been trying to work on their balance sheets, uh, work off some of the debt, simplify some of the offshore portfolios. So that shit's definitely in an interesting space now. Most certainly is up uh, very, very strongly on the day. Tiger Brands turning a corner too early to call? Tiger Brands, gosh. I think it's a, it's a, it's a, you have to separate the short-term tailwinds from the longer-term strategy and execution. So I think certainly there've been some short-term tailwinds in their favor. People are um, working from home. People are, you know, not going out to eat, etc. So there's a bit of a tailwind on food as a category. Um, certainly essential goods have seen a shot in the arm, whether it's pick and pay, shop right, all the food producers. The question is longer term. Can the business actually simplify, they've talked about simplifying the SKUs, investing back in innovation and capacity. We've seen mixed results in execution with that, at least the value-added lease saga is in the rear view mirror. Um, but I think whether Tiger Brand's performance can be sustained um, is an interesting key. I mean, to bring a pun here, a very obvious pun, the bread and butter of this business <laughs> is the bakery, the bakery business. And those margins have never quite been able to recover to where they were 10 years ago. Structurally, there's more competition. And I'm just not sure that that very core business can get back to its glory days. Okay, interesting one. And yeah, Tiger Brands had a, has had a hugely rough time. And with all the shanty, no mines left in South Africa, but they do have a listing on the JSE. And um, they've been ramping up their dividends, as all commodity producers probably will at some point, because they've had just such a really, really good year. Yeah, absolute windfall profits in terms of gold price. I mean, production has been relatively stable. If you take the SA assets out, which they've sold to Harmony Gold, probably a better fit to consolidate the remaining South African um, gold assets. Um, but the price, 
you know, the price has been the windfall. Um, and probably given uncertainty, the growing global debt levels, all sorts of um, uh, geopolitical uncertainties further down the road, you know, we might see a relatively strong gold price for some time. Um, and so they will continue to actually cream and collect these high cash flows. Um, so it's actually quite pleasing as shareholders to see that they are bumping up the dividend because they certainly are in a very different cash position to what they were, let's say, two years ago. It's astonishing how fast things can turn around. And for Nasbats and Process, Process, which announced last week, of course, that it wants to buy back $5 billion, that's an extraordinary amount of money worth of their own shares and Nasbats shares, trying to close the discount between the price at which Tencent is trading and Tencent has had a huge year mm. and Nasbats and Process, although they've been real stalwarts with the JSE, just really haven't kept up with that huge revaluation of, of Tencent through this crisis. Yeah, I mean, one can debate whether that is um, around the concentration of the shareholding still being among South African holders. And, you know, clearly it is such a stubbornly high portion of our benchmark in South Africa, the, the, whether you're looking at the Aussie or the SWIC. So um, it is a little bit of a challenge to divert, building a diverse portfolio when you have something that is such a high concentration, 10%, 15%, or 30% if you're looking at the Aldi. But then the other argument would be, well, the the ramp assets, the food delivery business, the classified business, some of these are still quite in heavily loss-making territory, particularly food. Um, and is that actually not the lever that closes the discount rather than any, you know, shared trading and, and um, financial engineering. Can we get to the fundamental Jacob in the underlying businesses and, you know, then the doubters will change their minds perhaps. But the trouble is they've been spoiled, investors have been spoiled by the incredible returns Tencent has delivered. And if you're running around the world trying to find another Tencent, well, <laughs> you're not going to, not in a hurry anyway. Absolutely. Um, and uh, but that is actually the what they do. They are really partly a venture capital firm. You know, that is that is part of the DNA is trying to find the next ten cents. So I'm not sure how successful one would be to try to get them to change their strategy. Meryl Pick, thank you, the head of research of Old Mutual Equities and at the Old Mutual Investment Group.